welcome to the Eye on the Tigers podcast. I'm Dave Matter, Mizzou beat writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and stltoday.com. It is NFL Draft Week. We've uh, got some NFL Draft Mizzou nuggets to talk about a little bit, but then we're going to dive into basketball later on in the podcast today. We, we're excited to have a, a special guest lined up. We're going to chat with Charlton Young, the new associate head coach of the Missouri basketball team under Dennis Gates, C.Y. Young, um, new to the staff this year, just hired a couple weeks ago, has spent a long time at, at Florida State, veteran assistant coach in college basketball, has been a head coach at Georgia Southern, his alma mater, and uh, we're going to chat Mizzou basketball, we're going to chat about Dennis Gates, and, and then mostly talk about C.Y.'s background and, and what led him here to Mizzou. Uh, so looking forward to that. But first, let's dive right into the NFL draft. It starts Thursday night in Las Vegas, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's not expected to be a big week, a big weekend for Mizzou. A couple guys are going to get taken. That's pretty much guaranteed, although there's no guarantees in the draft, I guess, especially this year. There's going to be a there's, most people think there's going to be more you know, draft prospects, draft ready prospects than years past because of the COVID year, because so many players came back for an extra year of eligibility. So there's this, there's this bubble of players that may be bigger than, uh, you know, a, a seven round draft can hold. So there's going to be some pretty good priority undrafted free agents signing after the draft concludes on Saturday, but a couple guys from Mizzou probably don't have to worry about taking that route. Cornerback, a Caleb Evans and running back Tyler Beatty. I think those two will get drafted for sure. Beyond that, it's kind of up in the air, and I think you're going to be talking about more Missouri guys that are going to have to settle for one of those undrafted free agent contracts and try to make a roster in training camp. You're looking at wide receiver Kiki Chisholm, the two offensive linemen, Mike Maietti and Case Cook, a handful of, of defensive linemen, uh, Kobe Whiteside, Akil Byers. Uh, you've got another cornerback in Allie Green, who, like Evans, transferred to Missouri last year from Tulsa. Um, you know, a couple other guys here and there that could catch on as special teams players and maybe make a roster. But, you know, it's not projected to be a big class like last year when Missouri had five players drafted, which really was sort of the exception to what the trend has been lately. Over the last five NFL drafts, Missouri's had 11 players drafted, five coming from the 2021 draft. So before that, you had one, then one, then two, then two. So that's sort of been the norm. And that's really counting the end of the, uh, the Gary Pinkle run and then the Barry Odom years and then, you know, the, just the very beginning of the, uh, the Eli Drinkwitz regime. So, you know, I, I don't expect there to be five guys this year like there were last year. Last year, of course, you had Nick Bolton going to the Chiefs in the second round. Uh, Larry Borum to the Bears, offensive lineman who, who played a decent amount last year because of some injuries. Bolton, of course, had the excellent year for the Chiefs as a starter. Um, you had the two safeties. Tyree Gillespie went to the Raiders, didn't play a whole lot. Josh Bledsoe went to the Patriots. He had an injury and uh, was on injured reserve for the season. And then in the sixth round, you had Larry Roundtree go to the Chargers, and he basically was their third running back, second at times most of the season. Uh, didn't get a lot of carries, but, um, you know, was able to make that roster as a, as a backup running back. So this year you got Beatty, 
and you got Evans. And what's interesting about these two, these are positions that Missouri has historically not produced many players at all uh, in the NFL draft. Cornerback has had a huge drought over the last 30 years. You, you really you got EJ Gaines, who in 2014 was a sixth round pick and then played uh, a, a pretty decent amount of time in the NFL, bounced around a little bit. Uh, but before that, you've got to go more than 20 years to find a cornerback who was drafted um, in the NFL from Mizzou. Running back, there's been more, just not many have made a great impact. I had this stat in the uh, Wednesday post-dispatch with the Tyler Beatty story. Uh, check that out at stltoday.com. Tyler's been really gracious with his time over the last couple of months doing a series of interviews, kind of talking about his process and the journey from the end of the season up until now, getting ready for the draft. And we chat a little bit about his, his, uh, his backstory, you know, what, what led him to Missouri, uh, bounced around from a couple different parts of the country. Uh, you can read all about that in, at stltoday.com. But uh, just looking at the running back position in Missouri history, they have not had a running back get drafted higher than the fifth round in 40 years, which is kind of hard to believe. Missouri's had some good offensive teams over those four decades. But you've got to go back to James Wilder and the 1981 NFL draft when he was a second-round pick to Tampa Bay and carved out a great career. He's still the Bucks' all-time leading rusher uh, for career yards. But after that, you had only six Missouri running backs drafted over the last 40 drafts, and they were all late-round picks. We mentioned Roundtree last year. Uh, you had Marcus Murphy go to the New Orleans Saints, and he was more of a uh, return specialist, did that for the Saints and then later for the Bills. You had Damian Nash, who you know played just two years, went to the Titans. They released him, then he went to the Broncos. I think he appeared in just six games in his career, very sadly um, died. I'm, I'm sure you remember the story, uh, passed away during a charity basketball game, um, you know, in St. Louis, not too long ago, during his, uh, right before his third NFL season. Uh, before that, you got to go back to Ernest Blackwell. Gosh, another, you know, very tragic story. He was drafted by the Chiefs, uh, released. I don't know if he ever caught on anywhere else. I think he had a tryout, maybe play with, Jacksonville maybe for a little bit and never made that roster also tragically died in a horrible uh, incident from from years ago in that same draft Ron James big fullback for Larry Smith's you know triple option offense uh, went to the Cardinals but couldn't catch on there and, and was waived before the season began again bounced around a little bit but it never really stuck in the NFL and then before that, you got to go back to 19, I believe 1988, Robert Del Pino, who did have a nice NFL career, mostly with the Rams as a, uh, a real dual threat type running back that could, it caught a lot of passes and, uh, you know, was kind of a backup in the, uh, mostly a backup, but did start some games. So had a nice NFL career, but that's it over the last 40 years. Uh, Missouri's just not been able to produce draft picks at that position and, you think about it in the last four years, Missouri's had great players, great college players at the running back position, but for whatever reason, they just never stuck in the NFL. Now, Brock Olivo is an exception. Um, you know, he played five years in the NFL, went undrafted in 1998, uh, but made his way to the 49ers. And then I think played four, four years with the Detroit lions as a, as a special teams, just do everything kind of guy. 
did play a little bit of running back there. So he's sort of the exception. But Devin West, uh, you know, had the great All-American season in 1998. He had a foot injury, foot ankle injury that kept him out of the NFL, never played. Zach Abram was Missouri's career rushing leader for a while. Remember him having a free agent uh, little stint with the Bears, but but never made it. Tony Temple, the great running back from those 2007, uh, the 2006-2007 team, never made it in the NFL. Derek Washington, of course, had legal issues that precluded him from having a pro career. Kendall Lawrence was a thousand-yard rusher, never made it. Henry Josie had the heroic, great storybook comeback from the massive knee injury. Uh, comes back to rush for a thousand yards in 2013, left with a year of eligibility still on the clock, uh, and, and goes undrafted. Um, Russell Hansborough, another really good running back in Missouri's past. Now, he did bounce around the NFL for a little bit as an undrafted free agent, and then kind of similar to Demaria Crockett, who has been on the Broncos uh, for the last couple of years, but again was a free agent. Uh, undrafted guy. So Missouri just hasn't had any luck uh, really producing a top flight NFL running back for a really long time. So you got to go back to, to Del, Del Pino and James Wilder. So maybe Tyler Beatty can break that uh, trend, um, you know, follow in, in Larry Roundtree's footsteps and get into the draft. You know, he and his agent, their team is thinking, hoping maybe third round, which would be late Friday night. Uh, the projections have him going anywhere from late in the third to somewhere in the fourth, maybe the fifth. Uh, he, he ran pretty well at the combine. This is not considered a really deep year, plentiful year, at the running back position. So teams that have a need there can afford to wait a little bit longer. And then that kind of pushes back the, the second tier of guys, which I would include Beatty in. Uh, you know, he, there's going to be concerns about his size. He's been hearing that his whole life. He's five foot eight, uh, just under 200 pounds. Um, but, you know, I didn't seem to, really affect him last year when he had the five 200 yard rushing games and led the sec in rushing and had one of the, one of the greatest rushing seasons, not just in Mizzou history in sec history. You read about it today's paper, the only player in sec history from an East team. So that's half the league uh, that's had more yards in a single season than Tyler Beatty had last year was Herschel Walker. He was pretty good at Georgia. Uh, so Beatty's, 1,604 yards in 12 games, really 11 and a half, because he didn't play the second half of the SEMO game, uh, will we'll go down as one of the most prolific rushing seasons we've seen in this league. And uh, now the next part is, well, can that translate at the NFL? He thinks his, his pass catching, his receiving skills makes him, and you know, a real, gives him an asset that maybe other running backs don't have. I would agree, kind of fits the mold of the modern NFL playmaker at that position. I don't think anybody's going to draft him as a starter, but that's a position where weird things happen and you can be a late round pick. You can be an undrafted guy and, and climb the ranks as long as you stay healthy and become a productive every down player in the NFL. So we'll see, wish him the best of luck, uh, him and to Caleb Evans, who, uh, who could even go higher than, than Beatty. There are some of the uh, mock drafts that have him going uh, in the late in the third round, possibly higher than Beatty. Good size cornerback. I thought he he played pretty well. Uh, his one year at Missouri after transferring from Tulsa, you know the the uh, the move in in caliber of competition didn't seem to impact him. I thought at times he was Missouri's best defensive back. Uh, you know maybe not their best cornerback 
across the board because, uh, you know, there's some other guys that had moments that were better, but he was their best outside corner. I think that's easy to say. Chris Abrams had a great year in the slot as the nickelback, but Evans was, I thought, pound for pound Missouri's best outside corner. And uh, we'll see, you know, if that translates, if that film helps him out getting onto an NFL roster. Uh, so we'll find out, you know, by the next, next time we do a podcast, we'll know where those guys are headed and, and uh, most likely those undrafted guys too. One more note on Beatty. Where's he going to end up? I get asked that a lot. I thought Denver would be a really good spot. There was some buzz there. I know there was some interest when he had the senior bowl and then went to the combine, just there was some stuff kind of percolating there, uh, especially because they had not re-signed their backup, Melvin Gordon. Well, they just did. They gave him a one-year deal. So now they bring back Gordon. They bring back Javante Williams, who had a, a really promising fresh freshman year, rookie year uh, out of North Carolina. Uh, so, you know, that backfield might be a little full. So there's a lot of teams that are looking for like that number two back, a guy that can um, do some different things out of the backfield, catching the ball. So who knows? It'd be interesting to see if he goes to one of the one of the markets where he spent some time growing up. You know, he was born in New Orleans lived there until he was about six. They moved after Hurricane Katrina. They moved to Baltimore where Tyler spent more years than any other place he's lived. Uh, 10 years there, he moved there, uh, moved away from Baltimore midway through his years in high school after his sophomore year. So what if the Saints draft him? Kind of a homecoming for him. What if the Ravens draft him? That would be uh, a homecoming as well for, for Tyler. So uh, we'll see how the draft unfolds, and we'll have plenty to write about, plenty to talk about looking at the uh, at the draft class from Mizzou. Again, not going to be a big one, but a couple guys that I'm, I'm sure Missouri fans will want to track and you know just see how they do at the next level. All right, we're going to jump right into our conversation with C.Y. Young and uh, talk some Mizzou hoops, talk some college basketball. All right, we are very fortunate, very excited to be joined by Missouri's new associate head coach, Charlton Young, Coach CY, and he is uh, busy on the road recruiting at a, uh, we're, we're not going to say where he is because we don't even know where he is. He's, he's scouring the country looking for future Missouri basketball players. So we're really happy to be joined by, by CY. Let's, let's dive right in. Why Missouri? Why now? What, why did this job make sense for you in 2022, CY? Um, number one. Uh, my relationship with Coach Gates, um, that's that's first and foremost. And then number two, I believe in the staff that we're putting together. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm getting kind of embarrassed uh, because people talk about me a lot, but uh, the staff that we're putting together is really, really good. Uh, I'm excited to work with Coach Dickie Nutt again, who was a head coach for 30 years uh, in this geographic area, head coach at Southeast Missouri, uh, head coach at Arkansas State. When I was a young, young assistant at Jacksonville University in Florida, working for the great Hugh Durham, Coach Dickie Nutt was the head coach at Arkansas State and was kicking our butts <laughs> in the old Sun Belt. And uh, he had a point guard by the name of Chico Fletcher that led the nation in like assists and steals and was one of the better point guards in the country. So um, working with Coach Dickie Nutt um, is, I enjoyed it so much at Florida State and I was also so impressed with his basketball knowledge and to be back with him again uh, has been really, really good. And then Coach Smith Peters, 
that we just hired, uh, our support staff, Coach Arbaugh and 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 Chase, and you know, guys that we were we 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 had a great chemistry and won a lot of games. I just felt like the SEC, uh, which has kind of become the best basketball league in the country over the last two, three years. I think they've finally overtaken the ACC for that crown. Um, but it's an interesting time to be coming into the SEC um, because you got so many new coaches and new programs coming in. So, uh, you know, Coach Gates and I sat down and said, he said, hey, man, I need you. Uh, let's look at the league and what's your thoughts. And I'm saying, you know what? You're right. We we got a chance to to climb the map, to climb the mountain, because there's been so much turnover uh, in the conference. Now, Kentucky is Kentucky, Auburn is Auburn, Tennessee is Tennessee. Great programs, Hall of Fame coaches. You know, let's just call it what it is. Those guys, they are a problem. <laughs> uh, Coach Buzz Williams at Texas A&M, Coach Nate Oates at Alabama, really, really, really good. So we, we have our hands full. But, you know, like I said in the, in the press conference, uh, Coach Gates and I, we, we look young, but we've been around the block. Yeah. You know, we, we've, we've stared some guys eyeball to eyeball that most people hadn't. You know, we Dennis, Dennis and I stared Coach Shesky eyeball to eyeball on a regular basis. Uh, we stared uh, Roy Williams eyeball to eyeball on a regular basis. Um, when Tony Bennett won the national title at Virginia, uh, the last loss they had was to Florida State. Yep. Um, Dennis and I were a big part of the game plan. So. You know, when you do that, you have a tremendous amount of, 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 of confidence uh, that you can coach and game plan and strategize at the highest level. Um, I'm excited just for the, the, the new challenge. You know, yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody thought that we could flip the ACC at Florida State. Nobody. All of a sudden, we were the new bloods, right? You know, Duke, you can't beat Duke. You can't beat Carolina. You can't beat Virginia. So the same way people are looking at us now that we're coming to the SEC, but judge people on consistent behavior. Now what they say, but what they do. Right. Uh, so we, we, we're coming in with it. We know we got a, a, a heck of a job on our hands. We know we got a huge challenge. Um, but we also feel like we have a foundation and a game plan um, to climb to the top of the SEC. Yeah, yeah. These these last three years when Dennis is at Cleveland State, you're still at, at Florida State, he's made the comment that people told him he was committing career suicide by going to Cleveland State. But you, you made it pretty clear that what he did there deserves a lot of respect, more attention maybe than it got. When he took that job, what did you think at the time? And then seeing what he did there, turning that program around, what was your, your takeaway? Listen, I was one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I went in his office and I begged him. I said, Gates, like we, we, 
we're the new bloods here at Florida State. We're rolling. You can get a better job in Cleveland State. Yeah. You know, don't just accept the first job that comes your way. He's like, see why I got to bet on myself. And I said, it's two people on the team, Gates. <laughs> but he was at that point in his career, and I've been there. Yeah. Where he, you know, people don't realize this about coaching. Coaching is a, if I can give you any advice, they don't take a coaching job. <laughs> <laughs> coaching is a brutal profession, right? I mean, it's, it's brutal. And people don't forget that we're human beings. Yeah. That we're competitors. I think some people watch coaches and they think like we're not human beings, that you could just say whatever you want to say and do whenever you want to. He's a coach. Let's disrespect him and his family and his friends. You know what I mean? It's it's tough. So what happens when you're a competitor, you start to boil inside. Yeah. And get and Coach Gates was at that point where. He's a young African-American assistant. The perception is young African-American coaches are not great X and O coaches, that they're recruiters. And Gates, Coach Gates was at the point where he had had it up to here. And he was like, okay, I'm going to show y'all. <laughs> and, and I've been there. Now, so I begged him. But when I saw that look in his eyes, I said, young fella, go do it. Yeah. And I knew, I knew he was going to be successful. Yeah. I work with him. He's one of the most, I mean, I've been in this business 28 years. He's one of the most impressive coaches. Total package now. I'm talking ab ability to teach, communicate, game plan, recruit, manage. He's one of the most impressive guys I've ever worked with 28 years. So you could see the success coming. Yeah. I just wanted him to get. A, a little higher level job because of what we had accomplished. It wasn't because I didn't believe in him. So right. now you, he gets the he gets the Cleveland State, and he does absolutely the best rebuilding job that I've seen in the 28 years I've been in this profession at the low to mid major levels. And what you don't understand is those jobs are so hard because they're not set up for success. You understand me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those jobs are set up for you to fail, and he killed it. Yeah. Coach of the year, year one. Coach of the year, year two, NCAA tournament. And I want to say coach of the year, year three, won the regular season title, went to the NIT. That's unheard of. Now, I was in that seat. Yeah. I took over Georgia Southern University. I took over three scholarships taken, an academic scandal in probation. The only reason I got the job is because nobody else wanted it. It was my alma mater and I was crazy enough to take it. But I was at the same point that Gates was where I wanted to prove to people that I could be a head coach and a CEO and I wasn't just a recruiter. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. So my situation, I was the coach of the year, year three, and I wound up getting a new AD and a new president and year four, I got let go. But the experience was terrific. I had some great moments. I got the first ACC win in the history of, of Georgia Southern basketball. We upset Florida. Uh, we upset Virginia Tech. So I had some really good moments, but also learned. Uh, but Coach Gates, 
the job he did at Cleveland State, I'm going to repeat this to you, and I want your listeners to understand it's the best low to mid-major rebuilding job that's been done in the last 28 years that I've seen in this business. So let's talk about guys who come from that level. Jay Wright just retired, right? Hall of Fame coach. He started at Hofstra. I was an assistant at Northeastern in 1999, and he was kicking our butt in the America East. And he left and went up to Villanova, and he did the same thing. Bruce Pearl, who's in our league, he started at Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He went up to Tennessee, and and it translated, right? Billy Donovan, he started at Marshall. He goes up, it translates. So why would we think Dennis Gates competing at that level? It's not going to translate. It's, most of the guys that are great coaches in this era all started at the low to mid-major level, yeah. cutting their teeth. So I, I, I got a tremendous amount of confidence in Coach Gates. Uh, I got a tremendous amount of confidence in the, in the staff that we put together. Coach Smith Peters is a great young coach. Uh, did a phenomenal job. Played at Missouri State. He's from the area. Then uh, Dicky Nutt should be in the Hall of Fame at Arkansas State and CMO. He's from the area. Yep. Um, I, I feel like uh, the only scrub assistant on the staff is me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we, we're going we're gonna to be able to to really do something special because of our chemistry and our culture. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, fierce recruiters. We're not gonna back down. We're not backing down from nobody. It's all about relationships. Right? It's, it's all about relationships. Relationship. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about relationships. So when you have built strong relationships, see my philosophy in life is this. I try to treat everybody I meet like they're going to die at midnight because you never know. So as a coach and recruiter, if you treat everybody like they're going to die at midnight, sooner or later, it's going to come back to you. Sure. So sure. some people say, oh, you're going to Missouri. How are you going to recruit way up to Missouri? Simple. Relationships. And you tell kids the truth. I recruited Scotty Barnes. NBA Rookie of the Year. Right. I, I sat right next to Scotty Barnes when he got drafted. He got drafted by the Toronto Raptors. He couldn't say it's too far and it's too cold. He can't come. <laughs> right. Right. That's what I'm telling prospect. Hey, if uh, if if Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks call you and say, "Hey, man, I want you to come come with me," and and to the Milwaukee Bucks, you can't you can't say it's too far, it's too cold. I can't come. So let's, let's, let's make decisions that's going to prepare you for life at the basketball. Let's make mature, fundamental man decisions. Yeah. If Missouri is the best basketball program for you and we have the best relationship, send your, send your child to Coach Gates and I. We're going to take care of them. We're going to develop them, and we're going to prepare them for life at the basketball. So I have no I Missouri is a national brand. I said that in our press conference. I look at the map. I can get to Richmond, Virginia. I can get to Memphis, Tennessee. 
I signed Thaddeus Young out of Memphis, Tennessee. I signed Iman Shumper out of Oak Park, Illinois. Yep. I signed Patrick Williams out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Mizzou is a national brand, and I'm a national guy. I don't know if you noticed, this ain't my first rodeo, Dan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this ain't my first rodeo. So we feel we feel good. We feel good. Yeah, I wanted to ask about the the last rodeo at Florida State. Just looking at the just looking at the NBA draft, and this this perfect segue with with Barnes. Guys had ten picks over the last six years. Not all those guys were five stars coming in. Some some three stars. So what was what was the secret behind it? How much was was recruiting? How much was player development? How much was evaluation on the road like you're doing right now? Great question. Um, combination of both. Now, I'm listen, we had a tremendous amount of success recruiting and developing players because player development is important. Yeah. Player development is going to be at the forefront of Mizzou basketball, heart, mind, body, and soul, because that's a part of it. The relationship that you have is a part of it. Now, everybody talks about Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Isaac. And, and, and the lottery picks, but that's not who I'm most proud of. Yeah. See, I'm most proud of Terrence Mann. Yeah. See, nobody even talking about him. A second round pick that was a four year guy that just signed for two years, 22 million. He's my baby. I talk to him <laughs> twice a week. He was, Terrence Mann was, was committed to me at Georgia Southern. Wow. <laughs> when I got fired, he called me and said, oh, I'm going with you. I don't care where you go, I'm going with you. It was relationships. So now he and, he and I, and we get in the gym, we improve his jump shot. We do offhand development two, two times a week. We start watching a lot of film. We get him a two-foot pop, eight-foot floater. Next thing you know, he's the 40-something pick in the draft. And after four years, he's ready to stay. Right. right. You, know, you know what I mean? You know, Trent Forrest was a four-year guy that Gates and I had a huge part in development. Yeah. He signs a two-way deal. He don't even get drafted. He winds up in the rotation for the Utah Jazz, helping them make the playoffs. See, those are the guys that we're most proud of. Now, we got to sign a couple blockbuster guys. Right. We got to sign a Dwayne Bacon. You know, we got to sign a Malik Beasley. But Malik Beasley was a three-, four-star guy. He wasn't – we developed him. Right. Um, so, yes, for the cachet of the program, at some point, we're going to have to go get a McDonald's All-American. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I love three- and four-year guys more than I love one-and-dones. See, I think a great college player is more valuable than a one-and-done. See, the guys that we were successful with, MJ Walker, he's a yeah. McDonald's All-American, but he's a four-year guy. Terrence Mann, four-year guy. Raquan Gray went sixth, second round, 59. Great player, four-year guy. Anthony Polite, who's going to sign a two-way this year, right? We had we we got the, the lottery picks, the lights, camera, action guys, but we got a lot of four-year grinder, developmental guys, great college players that helped us win a lot of championships or uh, games and championships but became pros in the program. And yeah. to be honest with you, they became pros more because of their character and their love. They were gym rats than their talent. 
And so we're looking as a staff at Mizzou, we're looking for those type guys. And that's a skill and a talent. Yeah. I'll give you an example. I'll give you two examples. You know, people talk about my example a lot, Devin Vassell. That's, that's been nationally publicized. Um, it, it was, it was, you know, I've made some great evaluations in my day. Um, but that, that was a, a really good one. And I knew it, you know, my, my alarm went off. I just knew, and, and I'm an old school guy from the 1900s. So I don't read no lists. I don't buy no book. I don't read no rankings. When I walk in the gym, I don't know who is who because I don't want any preconceived notions of what a kid is supposed to be. I yeah. think that cripples you as an evaluator because believe it or not, Dave, it's more important to be in a great evaluator than it is to be a great recruiter. Now, being a great recruiter is important. Right. And most people say I'm a great recruiter. I, I don't know why. I guess I talk a lot of what I'm like my mother, Betty Young. I, <laughs> Got a little personality, I guess, but I'm more prideful. For, I have more pride in being a great evaluator first. I think that's what de determines because at Mizzou, we're going to have to steal some guys. Yeah. We're going to have to get in and early and strike and steal some guys that people didn't know. I didn't know this guy was that good. That's what we did at Florida State. Yeah. So Devin Vassell is ranked number 400. He, I beat Presbyterian. North Florida and uh, Furman. <laughs> Everybody laughed at me when I signed Devin Vassell. Yeah. But you know what? I knew the joke was on them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we went 11 to the Spurs and should have went nine to the Knicks. But yeah. somebody took Obi Toppin, who wasn't supposed to take Obi Toppin, and got all messed up. Right. But I tell you what, Coach Gates came to me in my office at Florida State. And he had this kid named Mafondu come together. He came to me, he said, Chief, I need your help. He, he said, if I show Coach Hamilton this kid, he's not going to take him. Yeah. So I'm going to hide him, and I'm bringing him in on a visit, and I'm going to sit him next to you at dinner, and I want you to talk to him. The kid came in. He was chubby, about six, eight, six, nine, but Coach Gates believed in this kid. Long story short, I had such an incredible conversation with the kid I told Jalen and Hamilton, coach, I don't care what we do. We got to take this kid. <laughs> we wound up red shirting. He, he was coming out of Don Bosco prep school. Yep. We, we beat Binghamton and Vermont. He red shirts the first year. The next year, he's a freshman. Between his freshman and sophomore year, he grows. He takes off. He's the 27th pick in the draft. There you go. So, evaluating is very, very important uh, for the success of your program and to get the talent level that you need uh, to, to battle with Kentucky and Auburn and, and Tennessee. Uh -huh. and, uh, how, how does the transfer portal and how you use it change those dynamics, change the strategy, philosophy? And I know you, you said at your press conference, we prefer guys with multiple years of eligibility, not, not just a one year rental player, but we know what you guys have been recruiting now. Cause you, you need, you need bodies. Um, same philosophies, just a little bit different tactics or how's, how's that changed things? Same philosophy. Yeah. Same philosophy. Um, we will use the transfer portal. Um, 
not as much as some of these other programs who have totally sold out. We'll, we'll try to use it intelligently. Yeah. I think the way we've used it so far has been very intelligent because we're just coming in. Right. So we got to set a foundation. We want to we want to try to be kicking the door year one. So we've gone with experience. As we get those classes in, now we can spring in an influx of youth and talent, high level talent. Uh, and then as we move forward from there, you try to get maybe two experienced guys, one high school, three experienced guys, two high school. Just try to find the, the right mix according to the depth chart and where we are in terms of building the program. I try to sit in my office always for 28 years, even as associate head coach at Mizzou, but even when I was at Florida State and other places, I sit in my office every day like a GM of an NBA team, and I look at the depth chart every day, and I look at each position, and I know we need depth to win a championship. So also now I got, I got, you know, my, my 2022 class, my 23 class, my 24 class. And I'm looking at the depth chart and I'm looking at it every day. And now life is only good as plan B. So I got an A guy, B guy, C guy, D guy. And I want to make sure my C guy, I want to make sure my C guy, I apologize. That's Coach Gates calling me now. Uh -oh. I, I want to make sure. He, he's probably calling me about a big kid in the But, uh, I want to make sure my C guy is a heck of insurance plan in case I don't get my A and B guy. Sure. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I'm constantly 2022, 23, 24. See, the thing about being at this level is high major players are hard to find. Right. And if you see a hard, a high major player, and I don't care if he's a ninth grader or 10th grader, you got to recruit him like he graduated tomorrow. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to get a high major approach, right? I said this in my press conference. The kind of guys that we got to get to bring back to, for me to bring the next Derek Chivas and the next Anthony Peeler and the next Melvin Booker, those got to be three, four year relationships. Yeah. You understand? And, and that's a lot of hard work. You got to be, your crops got to harvest. You got to plant seeds like a farmer. You know, you can't just show up at Mizzou and hey, I'm signing a pro. No, even though, we listen, we're digging in these transfer portal on this. Right now, we're recruiting young kids just as hard as we're recruiting uh, the transfer portal because we got our crop got to harvest. We got to plant our seeds. Yeah. We got to drop our seeds. We got to run the, we got to run the, the, the we got we got to water it we got to we need this thing to harvest in a year too that's right. That's so, right. uh we you know coach gates and i we 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 have a tremendous amount of experience we built high major programs i mean florida state you know the the emergence of florida state was unbelievable very very impressive it was on the national scene um coach gates and i had a huge part in that um a huge part in that. Yeah. So uh, we've done it before. Absolutely. Another good segue for you. Last last question, CY. You mentioned Derek Chivas, Anthony Peeler, Melvin Booker. And you you said growing up in Miami, you you were aware, you watched those Missouri teams. Coming in, what was your perception? Maybe just growing up, 
going through the, your, your career of, of this program and what it can be. I mean, you mentioned Keon Dooling, Clarence Gilbert come from Fort Lauderdale, uh, big time gets for Coach Stewart at the end of his run here. Where do you, not where do you see this program going forward, but what was your, interp- what your perspective on this program before you take this job? Mizzou has always been big time basketball. I mean, when I heard Mizzou, you think big time basketball, Doug Smith, Lee Coward. Listen, I'm, I got something. I'm, you're the first person I've told this. All right. I'm, I, I, got my mom, I got my mom and my dad. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the exclusive. Dad. All right. Uh, he, I, he, he, even though I'm mad at you because you put my salary on the internet every two seconds, I still love you, man. I still love you. It's some bookkeeping. It's some bookkeeping. That's right. So, so I, I got my mom and my dad scavenging my house. Uh, I got a house in Atlanta that I owned from when I used to be at Georgia Tech. And my mom and dad moved from Miami into it. Okay. But I got, an, I got an article from when I won the state championship in high school. And they interviewed me afterwards. And in the article, it's got a picture of me holding a trophy. And it says 16-year-old junior, Charlton Young, point guard, Miami Carroll City. And at the end of it, it says, what's your dream school? And you know what I say, Dave? You said Missouri? I said Missouri. Wow. Now, I, didn't, I never, you're the first person I told that. because wow. I, don't anybody, I, I don't want anybody to think I'm a recruiter. But when <laughs> I find the article, and I'm going to find it, I'm bringing it to your office. All right. Put it on your desk. All right. Put it in the frame. 1988. So... I, I'm telling you, like, I've always – Lee Coward was one of my favorite point guards. Yeah. I always liked the black and gold. Um, you know, Anthony Peeler and 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 uh, Doug Smith, Chivas, you know, watching those guys on TV. All of South Florida was Mizzou fans when, when we call them – I have to catch myself because in the neighborhood we call them Tootie and Dooney. <laughs> that was their that was their nickname. All, I yeah, had to myself ahead. at the press conference. Yeah. Uh, Clarence Gilbert was Dooney and and Cleon was Tootie. That's what we, when they were little boys coming up yeah, in okay. out of there. And everybody that's what we that's what everybody called them. But uh all of South Florida was Mizzou fans when those two went to Mizzou. So, you know, me having a chance to be a part of it, being a guy that's a basketball junkie and, and used to, to watch. Mizzou and Kansas in the what in the big eight yeah big eight I used to watch it all the time so it was a dream come true for me to come help coach Gates and be his associate head coach at Mizzou I mean that was and, and trust me I've been offered a bunch of jobs and, yeah. and and for a good but I mean a lot of over the years you know I've been so loyal to Jalen Hamilton he's he's um definitely the best uh, mentor I've, I've ever had and love him so much and and wanted to get him in the Hall of Fame. I think we got that done. I wanted to get him a national championship. Uh, and I never thought I'd leave until I got him a national championship. And in 2020, uh, Coach Gates, uh, Gates had just left. We had He helped build that team, Coach yeah. Gates. Had, but, you know, we would have won a national title that year. I really believe that. Yeah. That team was phenomenal. Yeah, the COVID year. Like we I think we'd have been similar to how Baylor's team was so good defensively and so deep. I, I, I think we would have had the same type of effect on the NCAA tournament. Yeah. 
Yeah. And when 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 you build your program the way we're going to build it at Mizzou and the way we did at Florida State, what you don't realize is you're built for the tournament. Yeah. Because when you cut that kind of depth and you can put your defense in your suitcase yeah. and pick people up 94 feet and wear them down, they can't simulate. Yeah. They, now they think they can be prepared for it. And when they get out there on the court, I remember, I remember when Coach Gates was still there, we beat Gonzaga to go to the Elite Eight yeah. in, in, in Anaheim, California. And Gonzaga was loaded. Loaded. You know, Mark Few, great coach, right? One of the best to ever do it. He's got Ruchi Haramaro. He got Brandon Clark. I mean, they're, they're good. Yeah. And uh, had a point guard named Perkins. Sure. And uh, I remember we had Terrence Mann and Phil Colfer and Trent Forrest and Brian Angola and Milfondo come together. We, we were good, but we were, we were in your face 94 feet. You know what I mean? Like, right. we're we not giving up any anything free. And I remember seeing the point guard from Gonzaga's eyes. <laughs> and he was like, what in the world? Now, listen, most people play basketball. And they signed a gentleman's agreement. Right. I'm going to back up and let you run your offense. <laughs> and you back up and let us run ours. All right. You agree? Hey, let's shake them. That's how 95% of college basketball plays. But the program that the programs that we built and the way we're going to play, we not signing no agreement, Dave. <laughs> So once we get the depth to play how we want to play, we can have a tremendous amount of consistency because we are different. We play 94 feet. We want to wear you down. We want to make you fight for every inch. And when teams get to the tournament, they hadn't seen it. Yeah. I, I saw, listen, we played Kevin Porter and Missouri. Yep. At, in the first round of the tournament, right. yep. I saw Kevin Porter's face. Now, he was just coming off injury, right. but I saw the other guy. They were like, these guys can't be serious. <laughs> so okay. it's going to take us some time to build it. But once we get it going now, we're going to be going. For sure. I remember after, after that offseason, after that game, Conzo Martin said, hey, I'd love to build a team like Coach Hamilton, who he greatly admires with depth and length and just to overwhelm you with, with those qualities. And that was, I mean, he didn't, he didn't, wasn't able to do it, but he, he, he came away from that game saying that is, that's the model. And listen, and I'm going to say this on camera. Conzo yeah. Martin is one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah. Like I'm saying that to you, like he's one of my best friends. He's helped me tremendously since going to Mizzou. Conzo Martin is a king. High character, hardworking, great coach. Sometimes in coaching, things just kind of go south. But Conzo Barton has been consistently from Missouri State to Tennessee to Cal to Mizzou has consistently been one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah. So for him to say that, yeah, you you got to know that's pretty good. But you know, Conzo Martin is a is a guy that everybody, Coach Hamilton, and everybody on our staff respected Conzo Martin as a basketball coach, and and still do. I, I think 
you know, he's going to get a, another high major job and he's going to win like he always has. I really, really believe that. Great stuff, CY. I really appreciate this. I know Missouri fans are going to enjoy listening to this. Um, you know that they're excited. I got to tell you, I hear from them all the time, and and they're real, they're watching, paying attention to what you guys are doing out on the recruiting trail for 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 the future beyond this coming year, and for the you know the immediate uh, shaping of this roster. And they're they're really excited, especially in the staff too. I think everything that everybody that Dennis has brought along has just really amped up the uh, you know the anticipation for for this program. So I really, really appreciate your time, all your insight and uh, all your stories and, and, and especially the exclusive. I'm going to, I want, I want to see that newspaper story. And, you got to put that up in your office. Once you, once you start to get settled, I know you're on the road, but once you finally get settled here in Columbia, that thing's got to go on the wall. Now, once I give you this exclusive, you can't put my salary in the, in the paper. Oh, we're done with that. <laughs> That's it. No more. It's done. I came on your, listen, I'm a true loving individual day you and i baby ebony and ivory there we go i came on your show even though you embarrassed me in front of the whole country every day right but i forgive you i forgive you and i'm gonna give you the exclusive and and tell the missouri fans they owe me too i just got off a flight i I pull over the side of the road in the hot in the hot sun I'm, i'm trying to i'm trying to knock out four schools today and y'all throw me off schedule, baby. All right. me off okay. schedule. <laughs> we won't we won't keep you any longer. We know Coach Gates is trying to get in touch with you. So that's he's more important than us. So we really appreciate it. Hey man, it's been my pleasure. I'm looking forward to, to working with you a lot, Dave. You right. do a good job, man. You really do. I, I appreciate Mizzou is big time basketball. And 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 I appreciate the fans caring so much. And if they praise us, if they love us, or if they fuss at us, whatever they do, I appreciate it. Uh, That's good stuff. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's podcast. We want to remind our listeners, please check us out at stltoday.com slash podcast, where you can find the Eye on the Tigers podcast. Also, please subscribe. You can find us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please uh, leave us a comment. We always enjoy your feedback, even if uh, CY wants to get on there and leave leave some feedback on on what he thought of his his first visit, hopefully first of many on, on the podcast. Uh, that'll, that would be great. So we want to thank CY one more time. We're lining up more guests for the offseason, uh, for upcoming podcasts. Before you know it, it's going to be football season, then it'll be basketball season, and we'll have, we'll have plenty more to discuss. I'm Dave Matter. We'll talk to you next time.